like to read together this morning, 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12, please. 1 Corinthians in chapter number 12. Apologies that you haven't had to listen to me again. Um, I'm a bit overdosed in my own preaching to you, must be really fed up with it. Um, we're halfway through this series on the local church, and um, we're going to read in 1 Corinthians 12. We've taken a little break from our studies in 1 Corinthians, but we've not really taken a break from our studies in 1 Corinthians because a lot of the teaching in 1 Corinthians is about the local church, and I'm not going to transgress. The video will be taken up at the end of October, 1 Corinthians 12. I'm not going to transgress any passages. I just want to say some general things about this. But we, we've looked so far at the, the Acts of the Apostles, and we've saw a lot of things about what a local church is, right? And we've said some simple things like the church is not the building, the place, right? And what we're trying to trying to, if I can, stop perpetuating the myth that people have that just by attendance at a building, that gives them some sort of spiritual affiliation or association with, with the church. That, that's not true. And, and I was in a place over the weekend and then a big sign up saying, this is what happens in our church, right? And they, what they meant was in the building. And it kind of perpetuates the myth that people that as long as they attend a place, they must be part of the church, and that's exactly the opposite to what the Bible teaches. We also saw uh, very simply that the local church is not an organisation. It's more a it's more a fellowship of a family, brothers and sisters, isn't it? You know, it's not like if you go to the Church of the Latter Day Saints, for example, or the Church of Scientology. That's an organisation with headquarters. Whereas a local church is an autonomous local gathering of brothers and sisters in the Lord that have been not thrown together or joined together by signing some document, but are together by virtue of the fact that we're the same family in the same locality. We saw that we're drawn together rather than driven together, and it's a relationship and an agreement. So we're now going to read in 1 Corinthians 12 about what Paul says a local church is like, a local church is like. Here's what we're going to read. We're going to read from verse number 12. For even as the body is one and has many members, or many, you know, many organs in the body, you know, fingers and ears and hands, a member means a, 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 an organ, like an ear or a, a unit, you know, it doesn't just mean membership, like saying that saying here they're a member. It means as the body is one and has many organs, and all the members or the organs of that body being many are one body, so also is Christ. And we're thinking about the picture of the universal church, that Christ is the head and every member, every Christian, wherever they've met this morning, and whatever form their service has taken this morning, every member of every profess, every true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ is a member of the body of Christ. Right, that, that's just taken as an absolute truth in the Bible. And so whatever the Christians in Gateshead are meeting this morning, whatever form their meeting is taken this morning, we are one of those brothers and sisters. There are brothers and sisters. 
For by one spirit we are we all baptized into one body, whether we were Jews or Gentiles, whether we were bond or free, and we have all been made to drink into one spirit. So we've, we've um, discussed that in our first name. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And so Paul's going to use a body as a picture of a local church, how a local church functions. Like a, a body functions, so a local church functions. And just as the church universal, our head is in heaven and the body is on earth, so the local church, our head is in heaven and we are all just equal members of the same body. We are a body of believers here. And in that body we'll see there's individuality, there's equality, and there's unity. And so the head of this church is who? This local church. The head of this church is Christ. Not the duty of Andrew or, or, or anybody, really. It's Christ. And there is, we won't be time to talk about it, there is in the Bible a truth called the, the priesthood of all believers, right? That there's no separation between laity and clergy in the Bible. The only separation is Christ is our head and we are members equally of his body, equally and individually of his body. And this is the picture here. So it says this, um, verse 16, If the ear shall say, I am not the eye, therefore I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where were the healing? Where were the hearing? If the whole body were the hearing, where were the smelling? So we've already learned that there's unity in a local church, there's individuality in a local church, and now we've discovered there's diversity in a local church. Right? We're not all clones. We're not all doing the same thing, functioning the same way, having the same purpose. God has given us all individuality and diversity in the body. We've all got a specific function to play. Verse 18. And now God hath set the members, every one of them in the body, as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, we are the body. But now are they many members, yet but one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of thee. So we'll discover now that there's dependence in the body. A local church, we need each other. Nobody is unnecessary, nobody is unimportant, nobody is insignificant. We need each other. Nay, much more the members of the body which seem more feeble are necessary. More feeble doesn't mean weak, it just means less significant. I mean, have you ever seen your adrenal plan? Have you ever thought about your adrenal plan? Have you ever thought about that? It's not significant in your thinking, is it? It's not significant. It's not your hair colour or your eye colour or your ears sticking out. It's not something that's prominent. It's feeble in the sense that it's not noticeable. But let me tell you, it's pretty significant. It's pretty significant. And this is what he's saying. He's talking now about the significance and the interdependence of a local church. He says, if all were one member, then we were the body. They, um, uh, but now there are many members but one body that I can't say to the hand I have no need of thee nor again the head of the feet I have no need of thee nay much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary and those members of the body which we think to be less honourable upon these we bestow more abundant honour and our uncomely parts are more abundant comeliness for our comely parts have no need but God has tempered the body together having given more abundant 
going up to the parliament's like, that there should be no schism or no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now are ye body of Christ and members in particular. I'm going to stop at verse 7 to finish it. Verse 27 doesn't say ye are the body of Christ. Yeah, he's talking to a local church and he's saying, he's not saying you are the local church. Because, let me tell you, there are other local churches in Dayton. Are you okay? So eventually we must go home. We can't come here in the morning and say, let me tell you, we are the people here. And they said, God's got us here and there's nobody else. There's no other local church in Dayton. He's not saying you are the body in Corinth. He's saying you are body in Corinth. And what that means is, and I've seen it before, I've seen, I've seen that, I showed my wife a picture on Facebook of a local assembly down south that says, the church of the living God in this place, and claiming some exclusion. What it means is that we take body character in the local church. That God's body is bigger than just this one, but we function like a local body. We take that model of a body and we make it our model for living in a local church. That's what he says, you're a body, you're not the church, but you're a body, you're the, the local church. And he says this, and God hath sent some in the church, and then there's a whole list of the gifts. So, so let's just think a little more about the local church. I'm, I'm trying, folks, I hope, I'm not trying too much, but I'm trying over these weeks not to present a how-to-do church type of ministry. You could easily draw up a list of how to do church. And there are some very clear instructions in the Word of God about how to do church, how churches should be, and how they should function. But, but what I'm trying to get at this four weeks is this, not a how do we do things, but a why do we do things? Why do we do things? Because if we understand why we're doing things, it makes the how-to a much more joyful experience, doesn't it? It makes it a much more significant experience if we come into a place where we're not just doing things for the sake of doing things, we're doing them because we understand from the Word of God how much pleasure God gets in them. So, we're going to look at the local church again today, and we're going to look at it, first of all, from God's side. From God's side. I understand from a reading of the Bible that God's primary vehicle for his glory and his work in the world is the local church. That, that's, I didn't say his only vehicle, I didn't say that, right? But I said his primary vehicle for his glory, his service and his honour is the local church. I really, really believe that with all my heart. And you can see that as you read the Acts of the Apostles, for example. Because we've seen already in the Acts of the Apostles that Paul and Peter were leaving behind not just people that were saved, people that belonged to the Lord. They were leaving behind local churches that were living for his glory. And the local church, folks, is really, really significant from God's point of view. 
It's his primary vehicle. Again, I say it's not his only vehicle, but it's primary vehicle. And for believers, their primary focus of the Lord's worship and the Lord's service was all centered in the local church. That was where it began. So, I'll be quite honest with you. When I go into jail, I see myself as just an extension of the work of the local church. And that's what I do. And, and, and I feel if I'm dishonoring the Lord in the, in the jail, I'm dishonoring the local church testimonies. Well, I'm saying the same in the streets. I, I don't see that as a kind of separate, separate work. And if folks get saved in the streets and folks get saved in the jail, what's our purpose after that? Well, our purpose that is go preach the gospel, baptizing them in the name of the Father and teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded. We're pointing people to gather in a local church, aren't we? That's, that's the function. And so when we, we look at the local church, we can look at it from God's side, but we can also look at it from our side. And that's where we're probably going to spend most of the day. God has given us some really important things to help us along the Christian journey, isn't it? We can't do it on our own, folks. We just can't. So God has given us his word. That's our primary function, our primary place to go when we need help, isn't it? We turn to the word of God. And we've been talking in a few weeks for a few weeks about God has given us his spirit individually in the local church. But you know what God's given us? God's given us each other, hasn't he? And that's what this whole passage in 1 Corinthians 12 is about. That God has given us each other to be caring, helping, encouraging, and blessing each other. And in Psalm 103 it says this, He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. God knows we need people. We need each other. And so this local church is... God's way of saying, okay, folks, I know you need each other. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to gather you together. And I'm going to tell you why I'm going to gather you together. You're going to function for my glory. You're going to worship me. You're going to serve me. And you're not going to do it on your own. You're going to do it together. You're going to do it with your together. Now, in the Acts of the Apostles, remember, the Acts of the Apostles is an interesting book. And it's a book you have to be really careful with because it's a kind of book that straddles two, two eras. And it gives us a lot of things that develop through it. It's a developmental book. You'll see things that, that develop. Everything doesn't just happen at once. But in the Acts of the Apostles, once you became a Christian, there was a lot of things you didn't have a choice about. Right? You just didn't have a choice about. You, you, you just got baptised because that's what the Greeks believe in, be baptised. And you were, by definition, if you were saved in Ephesus, by definition in Ephesus, by being converted, you became part of the local church in Ephesus because... You had to make a big choice either to stand with the world or stand with the Christians. And to be honest with you, if you went to Ephesus, you didn't get much of a choice. There was only one local church there. But now in 2022, our situation is actually quite different. Because men have been tinkering with church truth for nearly 2,000 years. And we, if you go to a locality and you go into a local area and you're looking for believers to associate yourself with, you are faced with a huge choice, aren't you? You're faced with a huge spectrum of people that profess to be local churches and you have to say to yourself, okay, Lord, where do you want me? Where do you want me? Where do you want me? So, so what's your criteria? What's your criteria? Is music your criteria? You know, folks, you know me. I love 
music and I love particular Christian music and I would love that we were more musical here and I would love that we were more, more singing here, right, okay? But when you read your Bible, the Bible doesn't give you that as a criteria for judging the local church. Now, some people say because there's no mention of music in the New Testament we should never have music in the, in the, in the assembly. I don't believe that for one minute, not for a single minute. And wouldn't we were better at music and singing for God's glory? But you know, I'm speaking to somebody the other day and they're going to a particular place in Newcastle and I said, why do you only say, because the music's great? Because and the music probably is great. Probably got a good professional band. But does the Bible say that that's any part of our consideration of when it comes to being a local church? Actually, it doesn't say that. The size of the church. Is that something that we have to think about when we're looking for a local church? So what people do is they move into the area and they look for a big church. A big church. Because a big church must be a successful church, isn't it? Right? But folks, again, I have to say this. Would to God every seat in this place was filled? Right? Okay? I, I, I don't want you to think that I'm minimising things and we get these people that say, oh, it's a day of small things and we don't expect much. Well, God, God save us from that type of mentality, right? Okay? And would in a year's time more of these seats were filled with people that are glorifying the Lord? That's that's really and our church grows. We long for growth, don't we? Development in the church. And that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's not I'm not saying that's not important. But a big church is not necessarily a successful church, and it's not necessarily a spiritual church. And a lot of people move into an area and they go to a big church because a big church does what? Demands nothing. You just can go and sit in a seat, enjoy the music, and then go home and never put your back into it, really. Isn't that right? And when we talk about the body, we'll see that that's exactly the opposite of what God expects in a local church. God expects every person in a local church to fulfill the function that He's given them in a local church. Nobody in a local church is redundant for God. Just to say there's no organ in your body is redundant for the function of your body. So no Christian in the assembly is redundant to the essential health of the assembly. And you know what the scientists have been calling things like, yeah, appendix, they've been calling them vestigial organ, organs for years because they thought they were redundant. And actually we're only just discovering now how important these functions, these organs really, really are. And, and so, so is a friendly church Something you could think <coughs> Well, actually, folks, that actually is. Because the Bible's got a lot to say about showing off to people this time. By this shall all men love, know that they're my disciples if you love one another. So, actually, a church where people love each other is really one of your major criteria for looking for a church, isn't it? Really? For you love each other, you love the Lord, and you love the people round about you. And that would be one of the really important criteria when you do these things. So when you come to look at First Corinthians, First Corinthians is really First and Second Corinthians are really important books about how to function as a local church, and, and I'll tell you why. Of the nine, of the of the thirteen epistles written by Paul, nine of them are written to local churches. Okay. Those nine epistles have a total of, I counted them this morning, have a total of 72 chapters. There's 72 chapters written to local, ch local churches. And of those 72 chapters, 29 of those chapters 
and written to the, first, the, the church in Corinth. So 40% of Paul's writing about churches is to Corinth. So Corinthian truth is really important for uh, local churches. So, so let, let's, let, let's think about this. One of the things you'll discover from 1 Corinthians is this in the body. There is an inner body and there's an outer body, local church-wise. Right? There's an inner body and there's an outer body, local church-wise. Because you'll read in places, 1 Corinthians 5, there was a man who had to be, what? Put away. So a local church is not a kind of kind of homogenous mush of just in uncertain people that get together on an occasional basis. No, a local church is a very identifiable group of believers who are either in or for discipline's sake put out. Put out. So you read from First Corinthians that it's really, really important that you are in a local church. You deliberately, specifically and intentionally say this is where I want to be in the fellowship. And then you're open. We're going to look at elders and stuff next week because elders have responsibility to guard the local flock. And so there's, there's mechanics involved and that sort of thing. But if you go to, first, if you go to Acts and you go um, to chapter 5, you remember there was a group of believers and then there was Ananias and Sapphira and they tried to deceive God. Remember that? And they, they tried to tell lies to the Holy Spirit. And God struck down Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5 because they were dishonest in the local church, basically. Right? Okay? Now, that's one of the reasons we know that there's a transitional period because there's people who have been dishonest in the local church after that haven't been dealt with in the same way. God was just showing in Acts 5 how serious they, they considered that type of deception. But what happened was this, it says in Acts 5, no man dared join himself then to those people. So the people that were hanging on, they had to join themselves to that company. So that's why I hope you don't think we're picky here, but we like to know who's in and who's not in, don't we? We like to be in fellowship and if the Lord deals with somebody we sometimes have to put people out of fellowship, that's a sad situation, but sadly we've, we've had to do that in the past. So what am I saying? A local church is not a kind of mishmash, unidentifiable, you know, just spidery thing. It's a very clear, identifiable local group of believers who, just like your body is identifiable, so the local church is identifiable. So you, you don't have, you could say, who's, who's, in, who's in the church of Benjamin? Right? Who's in? Who's in? And we, we know who's in, don't we? We know who's in. And if somebody comes and they see us and they, 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 they say, you know, I like what I see, I would like to be in. And we would, as a church, we would say, isn't it wonderful? Isn't it wonderful? Somebody else wants to join us in, in, our, in our fellowship and we're delighted. And we open our arms and First Romans 14 says, receive those the Lord has received. Receive those. And that's, so that's a very clear uh, picture from First Corinthians. So let's just think for a few minutes of the The body illustration. A local church should function as a body. Well, let me give you some words. Congregation. That's unity. A church functions together. 
we function together. We don't all just do our own thing. Well, see, that's to do this thing, let's do this, do it. No, we say, that's, let's say, let's get Adam's thing, just let the Adam do it. You know, when the Adam does something, the rest of the body has to be involved, doesn't it? So there's words like congregation, cooperation, isn't that right? Every part of your body functions to bless every other part of your body, doesn't it? Your eyes look to see what's good or what's bad. Your ears listen to hear what's good or what's bad. Your hands pick up food to do what? To benefit the hand? No, the, the hand only gets the benefit of the food if it gives it to the mouth. And the mouth only gets its blessing if it gives it to the stomach. And the stomach gives it to the blood and the blood. You, you see what happens? You see what happens? It all works together. There's no independence. And if the hand decided one day that it wasn't going to cut up your dinner and get, take up a knife and fork and put it in your mouth, what would happen to the rest of your body? It would just... So there's, there's congregation, there's cooperation, there's coordination. We've all got to work together, haven't we? And that's why I was stopped about that. These uncomely parts of your body are actually probably the more important parts of your body. We all think the big thing in a local church is to be seen and heard. And you might say, well, you're the worst of the lot, but I can understand that. You know? But a lot of the important spiritual functions of the body are never seen and never heard. Isn't that right? Do you know, I can guarantee you that when you take your prayer list home, you're, you're better at praying through that prayer list than I am. I can guarantee you that, because I'm terrible at it. But you've no idea how important that prayer is to the function of this local assembly. And nobody will say you're the best prayer in the assembly, and nobody will put you up the front and say, give you a badge or an award for doing it. I, I, I mean, I was, a, I was a biologist, I know that's different. Have you ever heard of the pituitary gland? Pituitary glands are a little gland the size, it's about, point, it's about five millimetres in size, and it's about 0 0.05 of a gram, and it lies in the base of your brain. And you've never thought about it, have you really a pituitary gland? But you know, your pituitary gland controls all the other endocrine functions in your body, right? And you've never seen it, and it's never been displayed, and it's never been held up, and the dude's got a great pituitary gland. How do we know? But I'll tell you what would happen. If his pituitary gland stopped functioning, we would soon know. We would soon know, wouldn't we? What, what am I saying? None of us are insignificant. Whatever contribution we make is an absolute essential contribution to the assembly. And whether it's a, and we'll talk next week about, you know, elders and deacons, and, and you know, the, you know, Physical ministry is important as a spiritual, spiritual ministry, if you, you know what I mean by that, right? So there's cooperation, there's coordination, there's care in the local body. Did, did, did you see that? That members should have the same care one for another. One of the great functions of a local church is so that we look after each other. We care for each other spiritually, we care for each other physically, we should be a caring community, shouldn't we? We should be, when we suffer, we suffer with each other. When we rejoice, we rejoice with each other. We care about each other. And how can we care about each other if we don't know about each other? So that's why it's not just formal meetings of assemblies that are important. Well, we have coffee. I mean, I discover more about people when I'm having coffee with them than I do when we're, when we're having a formal meeting. 
Is that because, that's because those things are really, really important. We need to be a caring community and care for each other. There's other things that God has given us uh, to be part of a local church. A local church protects us, doesn't it? We get protection in a local church. How does the wolf and the beer pray and sheep? It prays on the weak and the young and the isolated. Isn't that right? And often the weak and the young are the ones that become isolated. And so what, is ha what happens when we get together? When we come together to pray, we come together to read, we come together to have a cup of tea, we're in a safe place. We're in a safe place. And in a local church there's safety. In a local church there's instruction. And I'm not going through all the local church of this type of meeting and that type of meeting and the other type of meeting. But one of the things we do is we learn the word of God, don't we, in the local church? We feed here on the word in the local church. Now that doesn't mean you're not feeding at home and reading at home. Of course it is. But there's a great blessing in the formal teaching of the word of God, isn't it? There's actually, I actually think it's part of our worship function, the preaching of the word of God. I really do. I think it glorifies God when we preach the word of God publicly. And even in a, a gospel meeting, I think we are functioning as a local church by preaching the word of God in that way. And I don't think we can say, I come on a Sunday morning, but I don't come to the gospel because I'm not interested in that something. I think that's very much part of our worship function as a local church, preaching the word of God. There's accountability in a local church. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about elders and deacons. We're accountable to each other, folks. We're accountable. And God hasn't that clergy and a lady, but God has given an order of accountability within the local church. So a flock has shepherds, right? An assembly has shepherds. I mean, look at the different words for elders. And it's not that elders have got a big whip that they put into line, but we're accountable to each other, mm -hmm. and the elders are accountable to God, aren't they? How we care for the local fellowship. In the end, we'll stand before the Lord, and the Lord will give us a special responsibility and a special judgment because of how we care for the local leaders. And there's encouragement in the local assembly. We haven't touched on first Corinthians but you, you see it there. It's easy to see in the picture of the body the unity, the diversity, the, the individuality, the, the dependence upon each other. It's all there. And I trust that as we function as a local assembly, we'll do it for the glory of the Lord. And we'll do things not just because we do them. We'll do them because we will why we do them. And we'll do them for the glory of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for being with us so long, being so patient with us in the many years that some of us have known the work and never really understood or functioned properly according to it. So thank you, Lord, for your patience with us. Thank you, Lord, for your continual instruction that you give to us being along with us as we try to learn the lessons and as we think about local church we pray that these may these lessons may be good for us Lord. Help us to be what we should be before you and we just commit these things to you and ask your blessing not only on this morning but we think of this, this afternoon's function and the gospel we pray that you bless us as we serve you and we just give thanks to you for the refreshments in the Lord's name. There's been a coffee machine malfunction again this morning. Was it on? Is it? Okay. <laughs>
Oh, boy. 